You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Texas Podcast, your daily Texans talk and news for the Houston Texans. Of course, in a couple weeks, we have the NFL draft on the 25th. Am I right, Cody? Oh, yeah, 25th, which is only about two and a half weeks away. Two and a half weeks. Uh, Let me tell you something about the NFL draft this year. You know who played a real power move and a real ballsy move? Who? MCU. Marvel is dropping Avengers the Endgame that night. And boy. Ooh, I'm sorry, man. I If you have to choose, are you watching the draft? Endgame. Endgame. It's Endgame. not even a question, right? Endgame. It's not even close. Because first of all, I gotta see how we 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 know that the Avengers coming back. We are know that. We do know. But we need to know how it's through. It, Bro, this is epic, man. This is it's, man. But that's some epic movies coming out. Did you see the Lion King trailer yesterday? I saw the Lion King trailer. Bro, I did. I did. my favorite movie. The, you know what made me really smile about that? What the ending of the trailer? Oh, with Timon, Timon and Pumbaa, Pumbaa. walk through. That made me smile. Endgame is is about to be crazy. I think they're going to be able to do a billion dollars in a week. That's never been done before. That's crazy. No, Disney be between the Lion King and Avengers. Do you know how and much Spider-Man. money? And Spider-Man. And Toy Story 4. And Captain Marvel. And Captain Marvel. And Toy Story 4. That's big. Do you know the amount of money this company is about to bring in? A lot. And you wonder why they buying companies like Fox out. A lot. Well, you know who you can't buy? You can't buy the Houston Texans because that belongs to the McNairs. Uh, We have a special guest on for today. My man Thomas. We're going to get him in. Thomas Will. We're going to get him in to discuss the Texans draft. He has done some mock drafts, so we're going to discuss that. The first couple rounds, picks 23rd, 54, and 55. And also, before we actually dive into that, of course, some Texans news. Uh, Bill O'Brien is back into the news, back in the news, rather, and we're going to discuss what he had to say mm-hmm. about this upcoming season. So don't touch that dial. This is the Locked on Texans podcast, the Bulls on Parade with a party twist. Welcome back in, everybody. Listen, when you're on your way to work, whenever you go grocery shopping, whatever you do in your car, and you want to listen to a Locked On podcast like us, Locked On Texans, just tell your smart device, hey, play Locked On Texans. Play Locked On Texans podcast. You can find that on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Megaphone, Stitcher, and Spotify. Check us out. Check out Locked On Podcast Network. Just catching up with some Texans news. Uh, this is a slow time of the year. All right, Cody. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no grind is better than the slow grind. You have some time to really look at true team news, what's going on in your organization. And I've been checking out a lot of articles, keeping up with the Texans news. John McClain from the Houston Cron, I love uh, his work. I posted an article, did some research on it myself, and basically, well, Bill O'Brien expects to be a better head coach in year six. Now, we know he just signed his extension, 
He's been to three playoffs. <clears throat> I mean, sorry, I apologize. He, uh, he's, he's been to the playoffs three times. Uh, he's coming off his uh, first round playoff loss at home for the second time in the last four years. They did get that win against the Raiders a couple years ago. This is very big. Uh, yeah, but Matt McGloin was the Raiders starting quarterback at that time, so I don't know. So you're going to take take that? That's still a win. Yeah, it's still a win. It's still like, a win. still but went right. out and perform. All right. Yeah, I guess. I guess. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he expects to be a better coach in year six. I totally agree with that because, as we know, Bill O'Brien has some miscues and issues on his side of the game. I like Bill O'Brien as a coach, Cody. Yeah, I do too. A lot of fans don't. Well, why is that? I'm not necessarily that sure. That should be. I mean, there's reason. That should be our poll question for tomorrow. Do you like No, why? Why don't you? Well, if you do, why? And if you don't, why? Okay, yeah, I, I like that. that. But he has reason. There's reason for fans and uh, lovers of the game and of the Texans to really dislike him. Mm-hmm. To be a better coach, in Bill O'Brien's case, because we know he's the leader of men. We know he he's one of the... Few coaches in this modern-day NFL to do more with less. He made the playoffs with Brock Osweiler. He made the playoffs with uh, Brian Hoyer as his starting quarterback. So we know he's done more with less. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know what the issue has been? Well, back in February, Bill O'Brien was on a Texans radio, and this is what he said. This is a huge issue in that organization and the coaching staff right now, which I, I believe he's going to take care of. But this is what he said. And I quote, we've had a lot of different guys call the plays. I've called plays, Bill O'Brien. Obviously, we've had George Gossi call plays. There's no doubt in my mind that Tim Kelly is ready to call plays. And that's something that will always be, like I said, a collaborative effort. So that's a huge issue. Who's really running the play calling show? Hmm. And I'm I'm on the mindset, I'm on the fence of your head coach needs an OC that is an OC, and your head coach can be the OC. So a lot of the play calling issues that we've seen, there, whether it was predictable, whether it was a play that was called in a in a position or spot that was totally uncalled for. We don't know. And then it's game, it's game clock management. That's been bad. We know how, but, how bad he's been in the last two minutes of games. Well, now we know what the big issue is. And when you have multiple people trying to run a team or an organization and everybody wants to say so, it always causes problems. Trust me, John. I've lived through it. I'm sure you have. I'm sure you have. But one thing I like about it is he is... Owning up to it, he went on to say that I think there's no substitute for experience. Having the the experience of going through five years in the NFL as a head coach has taught me a lot. Mm -hmm. It's a humbling lead. It's a humbling experience. One thing that I am hoping it teaches Bill O'Brien is how to manage a game. He has been, to say the least, terrible in crunch time moments, whether it be with timeouts, whether it be with the it really processing and executing a two-minute drill, using your, your two-minute before the half 
or before the end of the game, using that to your advantage. Bill O'Brien has some kinks that he has to work out in order to take the Texans to the next level. We went 11-5 last season, started off Rocky 0-3, went on an eight-game win streak, ended the season where we ended the season as the AFC South champions. But you've been to the playoff three times. You're one in three in the playoffs with that long win coming against a Raider without their starting quarterback in a, in a pretty banged up team at that point when the Raiders made the playoffs. I mean, they was limping into the playoffs when they played them. And you won that game with Brock Osweiler. So imagine what could have happened if they actually had Der, Der, uh, Derek Carr. So at one and three in the playoffs right now, we know what, what comes with that now after winning the AFC South two years in a row. Expectations. Higher expectations. And I like to hear that he is acknowledging, okay, I have the experience now this NFL. Five years as an NFL head coach, when you have Wilkes from the uh, Arizona Cardinals last year who only had one year and got fired after his long season in Arizona. Five years in the NFL in today's game, that's a lot. Because look how many really tenured coaches are in the league right now. You have Bill O. I mean, I'm sorry, you have Bill Belichick. You got Sean Payton. Sean Payton. You have Mike Tomlin. Um, and he's Jason hold, Garrett. He's holding on by three. He, he's like holding on. You know, Jason Garrett is another one. Jason on Garrett. But you look at some of the younger coaches in the league. Arizona has had two coaches uh, with Wilkes they mm-hmm. had last year. And then now they have Cliff Kingsbury. And the year before that, you know, coaches are on a carousel right now. Yeah. Look at what's going on with New York. They have a new coach. So Bill O'Brien is in a position where he's had he he has experience that he can use to his uh, advantage. Yeah, like I say, man, I, I like B.O.B. And I'm glad he's taking the time to really look in the mirror and see what one of the main issues is. When you have multiple people trying to call shots, it caused a lot of confusion and a lot of dysfunction inside the organization. I'm pretty sure that's what had went on over the last couple of years. I'm pretty sure there was a situation where B.O.B. probably wanted to call a passing play and somebody along the way at the last second decided to switch it up and call a running play. Bill O'Brien, as the main, as the head coach, he should have final say on what plays need to be called. I'm sorry, John. I know that's more more into that art, that article, but I'm telling you, if they can get that problem fixed, you you're gonna see a whole different coaching out of Bill O'Brien. One thing he did acknowledge is, and I quote again, obviously, uh, you have to learn from the past. You try to con- continue to do the things that you did well and fix the things you didn't do well. I think when you have a winning season like they had last season when at eleven to five, that helps everybody in the organization. Everybody feels better about where you are. One thing that we really have to give him credit for this offseason, because we've been talking about him a couple of times this week, about how he's been assessing the draft, about what he's looking for. It's really about him taking the initiative now at year six, now receiving your contract extension and saying, okay, I really am a big part of this organization right now. And I have to start putting my foot forward to better the roster, the team, and my position with the Texans. When we come back, as promised, Thomas Well is going to discuss what the Texans should do with their first three picks, 23rd, 54, and 55. All of that more on the Texans Talk Daily Texans podcast. 
Locked on Texans with John, some sports guy, Hickman, and to the right of me, Cody Davis. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you guys for sticking with us thus far in today's show. Uh, today's Thursday. The show will drop on a glorious Friday. Hopefully, it will be a little bit more uh, sunnier than it was today. It was a little gloomy outside, it's Cody. Not, it's not. It's supposed to be like, weather's supposed to be really, really bad. Don't be, oh my gosh. Don't be a, a it's, it's Dobie, not, Debbie it's Downer. It's not a Debbie Downer if it's the truth. A Debbie, a David Downer, that's what you're going to be like. What's going to be sunny is the possibility of the Texans really nailing it in this draft, right? Hmm. Oh, yeah, most definitely. And we've been talking about the draft, <clears throat> of course, but it's, I think it was very important to get a draft expert in. Um, and we have our draft expert in today, not actually in the studio with us today, he was able to get a call in. Thomas Welly is on the phone with us today to discuss the Texans draft only we're going to go through the first three picks. So that's 23rd, 54 and 55. Thomas, what's going on, man? Hey, what's up guys? Great to be on here. I'm glad, uh, glad we're able to do this. Oh, we, we're, we're super happy and excited to have you. I know the listeners right now, everybody's kind of on edge. What are they going to do? If they don't get the tackle they want, are they going to go cornerback? Are they going to look at a, a, a versatile, Lineman, guard, tackle, hybrid, like Bill O'Brien mentioned earlier in the week. What are the Texans going to do with 23rd in the second round? So that's where you come in. What we want to know is the picks that would make sense and then the pick that, okay, this is a a, a no-brainer, what the Texans should do if those players fall to them at the picks that they have. Yeah, so we all know how Bill O'Brien likes that word, versatility. Uh, we hear it a lot in his interviews and Brian Gay's interviews. We like people with versatility. Like, just like we drafted uh, uh, that left uh, left tackle Martinez Rankin last year to play tackle, but then ended up in, as, as a guard position. I believe I'll start at the left guard position uh, this coming up year. Uh, as far as the 23rd pick, I think it has to be an offensive tackle. It has to be. I think fans would go absolutely nuts if it wasn't. But if there's a select few, we can't. The Texans can't reach for can't reach for that position. If the you know, top five left tackles are gone, or top offensive tackles, excuse me, and that would be Andre Dillard, Jawan Taylor, Jonah Williams, uh, and even uh, Dalton Reisner. And and for me, Cody Ford is probably going to lean more towards a guard. Um, that's where I would. That's why I would put him on the line uh, because, and yes, he played. Uh, off, he was a tackle at Oklahoma, and he was an All-American. He was great, but I see him transitioning to more of a guard role. So, if those five players are off the board, I would have zero problem with going quarterback. And those those quarterbacks that could possibly slip, I've been seeing in uh, you know NFL experts mock drafts and stuff like that. Uh, Byron Murphy. Gertie Williams or DeAndre Baker uh, would would be the only cornerbacks that I would take in with that with that twenty third pick. So if I had a pipe a pipe dream first round pick would be Andre Dillard. He's the best left tackle in this class. He's the best pass blocker in this class, and I think he has the best chance of slipping. I think uh, I think unfortunately I think Jacksonville is going to scoop up uh, Jawan Taylor. I've seen it everywhere. Um, and that's a that's unfortunate that's an unfortunate time. But I think Andre Diller, if he can get past uh, uh, Minnesota that Minnesota pick, and somehow skip over maybe possibly skip over that Seattle pick, he'll be there sitting waiting at twenty three. And I don't think 
Now, Brian Gaines will send that in in two seconds to get Andre Dillard there at 23. Yeah, I've been really, really doing a lot of research. And, I've, of course, I've watched Andre Dillard while he played in college. Um, I personally think he is, hands down, the best left tackle in this draft. Uh, great off his stance, great explosion, great footwork. So I definitely like him. Um, what I want to ask you is if if he's gone, and I believe Taylor and Jonah will also be gone, do they look at getting one of those hybrids? And if so, would it be a Cody Ford or a Dalton Reisner? I think it could be, honestly, either one. Uh, the only problem with each one of them, um, Dalton Reisner at the, at the Senior Bowl, where he completely balled out. Like, the dude made so much money at the Senior Bowl. He said, he went on record, he said in an interview with uh, this NFL analyst named Justin Reed, he, he told him that right tackle, is a position that he sees himself playing the most, and that's the, that's the position he would transition to. So him, Dalton Reisner, for as a right tackle, would be wouldn't wouldn't be a, wouldn't be a reach in the first round. I that's, I have a, I have a list of first round people and then a list of second round people who I wouldn't reach for in the first round. I wouldn't touch in the first round. Cody Ford is another one that uh, I love. Uh, it, them them both being able to play guard and tackle. Um, with, you know, how Coach Bill O'Brien and Brian Gaines like to set up their 53-man roster. They like having people who can just plug and play anywhere, and these two guys can plug and play anywhere. So I have zero problems with picking Dalton Reisner or uh, Cody Ford if those said tackles were already off the board. Now let's transition to the second round. Me and Cody have been debating <laughs> what the Texans should do in their second round. Should they go – and I know Cody's big on right now. If you have a stud running back that can really change your offense, uh, like a Sanders from Penn State, uh, who took over for Saquon last year at Penn State, do they draft him? I know uh, Cody's big on a couple running backs. David Montgomery, for sure. He's, he's big on David Montgomery. I personally believe you go with cornerback. Um, with those back-to-back picks, the Texans are set up to grab two guys that they have high on the board, on their board, without having to worry about or having anxiety that somebody is going to come snatch them. With the 54 and 55th pick, in your in your mind, in what, what you've been able to evaluate in this draft, what should the Texans do? I think the Texans should absolutely go either cornerback, offensive tackle. And like, like I said, uh, with, with the picks being back-to-back, it really doesn't matter which one comes first, obviously. But with the 54th and the 55th pick, I think it has to be a cornerback, a the best cornerback available. And right now I have, uh, in the in, going in the second round, Rocky Sin from Temple, who, balled, who also balled out at the Senior Bowl, uh, Trevion Mullen, uh, Sean Bunning from uh, Central Michigan, and then uh, Amani Oruore from uh, Penn State. Now, I, I can see them taking any 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 of those four people with the fifty fourth pick. Now with the with the fifty fifth pick, and I think you gotta I think you gotta solidify the offensive line. And I think if you if you're able to get Andre Dillard to solidify the the left tackle spot, I think you gotta go inside. Uh, and Chris Winstrom is another person that ball, completely balled out at the Senior Bowl. He was right beside uh, Dalton Reisner on that right side. He will play right guard. And with Martinez ranking. 
being, I think, I think will be the starting left guard this year. I think Chris Lindstrom is a straight plug and play. He will start over Zach Fulton if he comes back and makes the team. I think he will start there, and our line would go as Dillard, Ranking, Martin, Lindstrom, and we're going to start. I guess we're going to start the season with uh, Big Chantrell Henderson, and I think that line it, is good enough to protect Deshaun Watson. Yeah, and also thing about Winstrom is uh, he has NFL lineage in his family. So mm-hmm. hopefully his adjustment to the league, if he falls to the Texans and they uh, select him, won't be difficult. Hey, Thomas, um, I know you say you, uh, it seems like you're really big on going cornerback and offensive line, but can you explain why or why not it would not be a good idea for the Texans to draft one of these top running backs because I'm pretty sure it's going to be at least two to three good running backs left by the time they get to 54 and 55 especially if a guy like David Montgomery is still on the board so from what I've been hearing and listening to uh, some of the Houston Texans podcast with, uh, they have some, their, some of their analysts uh, John McClain from the Houston Chronicle he's on there a lot um, they, said, they said that this draft is full of talented running backs and I don't, I can't see them reaching for if they if they have the if they have a better if there's a better offensive line on their board uh, than a running back, say like a David Montgomery. If they're higher on the offensive lineman, I can't see them taking a running back over uh, as like a, a need a strict need for them this coming up season. Um, and I think, and I also think that they won't reach for it because of what uh, Deontay Foreman has been uh, his his progress and the, the I think they're really confident they're really really high on Deontay Foreman coming back um, stronger and healthier uh, than you know his like seven or eight plays that he that he played in last year so I think they're really banking on him uh, with letting Alfred Blue go is kind of the kind of what throws the the, the wrinkle in everything um, I could see I could absolutely see them. In the with the eighty third pick, and I know we'll get to that later, but I can see I can see where they would start looking at it, but I honestly can't see them taking a running back over a specific need that they have to fill to protect uh, Sean Watson and ultimately get that running lane open. All right, man, thank you. I'm gonna say this: I definitely do like Trayvon Mullen out of Clemson. Last time we saw him, he was a defensive MVP with six tackles, a sack, an interception, and a forced fumble to help Clemson shut down Alabama in that second half. So if the Texans can go out and make that a, a trio between Hopkins, Watson, and Mullen, wouldn't necessarily be too mad at that. And I also like Julian Love, the cornerback out of Notre Dame. Uh, I think that kid can really ball out as well. Uh, what we're going to do is we have, of course, more picks in the draft. We have the third round, fifth round, sixth and seventh, I believe. Um, Thomas, what we're going to do is go ahead and get you on for next week to discuss more uh, about the upcoming draft and what the Texans can do and the damage that they can create for their roster going forward. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it for sure. All right. And where can they find you on Twitter? Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me on my personal page at twelly4, T-W-E-L-L-E-4. And you can also find uh, the mock draft page is at Texans Daily Mock. And also, I'm also with I'm also on a podcast called We Talk Sports Good. We're just three dudes that went to college together, like to talk about sports, not not necessarily teams in general. But if you want to if you want to come to a good time, we're on Wednesday nights on 12 Sports Radio. Uh, look us up. We're on 
uh, we're there. We'll be there every Wednesday, 830, 830 Central Time to send us up. And I, I just want to want to thank uh, the, the guys at Locked On Texans for letting me on here and uh, just giving me a chance to uh, talk about my favorite team and uh, just appreciate them for picking it up when uh, our former hosts uh, weren't able to do it anymore. So they're, they're a lot of fun and uh, really uh, much love to them. All right. Thank you, man. No problem. That was Mr. Welly. I like some of his picks. I like um, uh, what he's assessing. I definitely believe the Texans go line, DB, preferably cornerback, mm-hmm. line again. Uh, or if you want to really address that inside defensive line at your tackle position, then that would be great as well. Before we get out of here, Cody, do you want to leave the guests with anything? This has been Locked On Texans Podcast, daily podcast for the Houston Texans. Anything you want to leave them with? I'm just mad he didn't want to pick my running back. Oh my gosh, personal feelings. <laughs> no, you can't no, be in a, no, in a no, war room. no. But um, but real talk, man. Um, I enjoy having Thomas on, man. I can't wait to see what he got in store for us next week. Next week, next week, next week. This is the Locked On Texans podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Locked On Podcast mock draft show will air next week. We also know the Houston Texans kick off their um programs, their uh, workouts, and mm-hmm. everything on Monday. So that's going to be exciting. More news, more news more news we are the locked on texas podcast the bulls on parade with a party tweets you guys be safe enjoy your weekend peace you are locked on texas your daily podcast on the houston texas part of the locked on podcast network your team every day